0: Believer in Christ, have you been praying for divine intervention or God's help in real overwhelming needs in your life? Have you asked Jesus to immerse and envelop you in the power of the Holy Spirit, the same power that He operated in to heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons? raise the dead, and perform mighty miracles is available to you today through the same baptism in the Spirit that He Himself received. The next few minutes can revolutionize your life as you learn how to be clothed with power from on high. Welcome to the Real Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Lambert. In an hour when deception and apostasy is rampant on earth, the need for proclaiming the real truth has never been more desperate. Jesus prophesied, An hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people the Father seeks to be his worshiper. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Proclaiming the real truth of the written and rhema prophetic word of God that he is revealing in this hour is our goal. Affecting real change in the hearts and minds of believers in Christ in order to fulfill the purposes and plans of God is our purpose. Friends, throughout this teaching series, I am leading you on a journey to discover the real truth about a matter second in importance to none Except salvation itself, which is the matter of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Each segment of teaching is one vital link in that journey, which leads ultimately to the real truth concerning the role of the third member of the Godhead in your life, whom Jesus himself called the Helper, that is, the Blessed. Holy Spirit, the living waters of God. God says in Hosea 4-6 that His people, that means born-again believers, Christians, are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Ignorance or lack of knowledge concerning spiritual matters not only is not bliss, but it is an open gateway to devastation and destruction. Jesus taught that the knowledge of the truth sets free, which inherently means that what you do not know of the truth will keep you in bondage. The unfortunate truth is that many born-again believers are being held captive by lack of knowledge of the truth and deceptions concerning this critical matter of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. Now some of the main points I am going to be establishing and providing scriptural support for during the course of this teaching are that 1. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is a separate and distinct or adjunctive experience to the infusion of the Holy Spirit that takes place at the moment of salvation. Two, regeneration by the Spirit, that is, salvation, the new birth, and the baptism in the Holy Spirit are two distinct and separate workings of the same Holy Spirit. In salvation, the Holy Spirit comes to live within the believer, imparting the fruit of the Spirit, that is, the regenerative work of the Holy Spirit. In the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the believer is enveloped by, or immersed in, the Holy Spirit, that is to say, the Holy Spirit comes upon the believer in contrast to in the believer and imparts the gifts of the Holy Spirit. These facts are clearly supported by Scripture and are exemplified by the experience of Jesus himself, who is our supreme model. Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Jesus explicitly stated that the baptism in the Holy Spirit will be given to any believer who simply asks him for it. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is a gift of grace received by faith and often imparted through the laying on of hands by other anointed The Pauline Example In this chapter, we will examine yet another example of the gift of tongues being bestowed upon a believer who was baptized in the Holy Spirit. The example we want to look at is perhaps one of the most important examples in the Bible. The example of the Apostle Paul, who, after he had been baptized in the Holy Spirit, was empowered to write nearly two-thirds of the New Testament, as well as to perform many supernatural, quote, signs and wonders and miracles, end quote, that he himself identified as, quote, the signs of a true apostle, end quote, 2 Corinthians 12:12. 12, 12 certainly this one man conveyed to the church in his letters by far more revelation concerning a wide range of topics than any other new testament writer and what many segments of christendom down through the centuries of church history have failed to understand is that the revelation Understanding and wisdom that the Apostle Paul supernaturally received through the ability bestowed upon him to convey that revelation as he did, as well as the supernatural workings of power he was empowered to perform during the course of his apostolate, and certainly the extraordinary experiences he was enabled to carry out and endure were with without any shadow of a doubt, the direct result of his having received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. For this account, we're going to look at Acts 9, 1-17. through 17. However, the story really does not begin there, but rather at the end of the seventh chapter of Acts with the account of the martyrdom of Stephen who, we are told, was one of the seven men who were nominated by the congregation to be the first cadre of deacons in the early church, who the apostles charged with the task of the administration of serving tables to the widowed believers. Stephen, we know from history, was one of those who had been baptized in the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost when the 120 from the upper room plus 3,000 other newly saved believers were recipients of that original outpouring. The Spirit testifies of Stephen in Acts 6.5 that he was, quote, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, end quote. Moreover, verse 8 says, quote, and Stephen, full of grace and power, was performing great wonders and signs among the people. End quote. Now, whenever there is an extraordinary outpouring of the Spirit of God, such as what took place during this beginning period of the early church, there is going to be a supernatural backlash launched by Satan in an attempt to counter and stop, if possible, the move of God. It has always been that way and will continue to be that way until the church age ends with the catching away of the church at the last trump of God. Satan always becomes enraged when any believer begins to break out of the dead, lifeless, inert ritualism of religion and begins to walk in and operate the supernatural enablement and empowerment of the Holy Spirit that comes upon any believer who has received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, concerning which Jesus testified, you shall receive power, end quote. Dunamis, in the Greek, dunamis, power, quote, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. End quote, Acts 1-8. Stephen was a living, breathing, walking testament of the empowerment that comes from the baptism in the Holy Spirit to such a degree that we are told by the Spirit that, quote, he was full of grace and power, end quote, and that he, quote, was performing great wonders and signs among the people. End quote, Acts 6-8. We can see throughout the Bible, and especially in the book of Acts, that whenever the Holy Spirit brings forth a demonstration of the power of God through chosen, anointed, and appointed vessels of God, Satan becomes enraged and stirs up the religious spirits operating in and through his religious human cooperatives to bring forth supernatural resistance of the works of God. We know that this was true in the case of Stephen as well, for Acts 6.9 says, quote, But some men from what was called the synagogue of the freemen, including both Cyrenians and Alexandrians, and some from Cilicia and Asia Minor, rose up and argued with Stephen." End quote. The next verse tells us, however, that those religious sectarians were unable to cope with the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. And so the account goes on to tell us that this religious cult secretly induced men to bear false witness against Stephen, and they stirred up the people, the elders and the scribes and the crowd that gathered, and they rushed Stephen and dragged him away and brought him before the council of the Sanhedrin, where further false witness and charges were made against him. But as they were trying to make their case against him by which they could justify, according to their Jewish laws, their desire to murder him, Stephen became so filled with the Holy Spirit that his face was literally lit up with the light of the glory of God, and the council saw his face as, quote, the face of an angel, quote. Acts six fifteen. It can thus be no mere coincidence that when the high priest queried him for his defense, Stephen began what was the longest recorded message in the Bible with the story of the Hebrew patriarch Abraham, and how that the God of glory, he said, appeared to him while he was yet living in Mesopotamia. Stephen continued with what is one of the most emotionally arousing sermons recorded in Scripture. "'telling the Jews present of the long history "'of rank Jewish disobedience of the very God they claimed "'for all those centuries to be worshipping, "'which dissertation ends by saying, "'You men who are stiff-necked "'and uncircumcised in heart and ears "'are always resisting the Holy Spirit. "'You are doing just as your fathers did.' Which one of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who had previously announced the coming of the righteous one, whose betrayers and murderers you have now become, you who received the law as ordained by angels and yet did not keep it. And when the council heard this, they were cut to the quick, became enraged, and began gnashing their teeth at Stephen and they rushed him and took off their outer garments and began stoning Stephen to death. Are you enjoying this podcast? Would you take just a minute to think about all the precious resources it takes to produce and make available a resource such as this? Time, talent, thinking, planning, preparing, studying, writing, editing, organizing, recording, audio editing, a multiplicity of post-production and publishing tasks, and on and on it goes. The big professional news and media companies employ 10 to 20 people to produce a presentation such as this podcast at a cost of hundreds of thousands of dollars. If you enjoy the program, would you be so kind as to take a minute and pray to ask God if He would have you lend a helping hand our way in the form of financial support? In about 30 seconds, you can donate at paypal.me forward slash SLM Inc. Again, that's paypal.me forward slash s-l-m-i-n-c to make a donation of any amount. Your gifts would be so greatly appreciated and used for the glory of God in the production of this program. Thank you, and may the Lord bless you abundantly for your generosity and graciousness. Where did all this rage come from? Such rage that people were willing to mob and murder a person who is doing nothing but operating under the supernatural empowerment of the Holy Spirit. What was his crime? What had he done? Had he murdered someone? Or raped someone's wife? Or molested one of their children? Had he stolen from anyone? No. Quote, he was performing great wonders and signs among the people. All of this rage and murder was not really against Stephen, but rather he had nailed it when he said they were stiff-necked resistors of the Holy Spirit. It was the diabolical religious spirits within them that were enraged, and they murdered Stephen just as they had murdered Jesus. Those religious spirits spoke out in the case of Jesus after Pilate had vindicated him, saying, We have a law, and by our law he ought to die. John 19.7 Friends, all of you listening to me or reading these words right now, you may be a Christian who has attended church for years and years, You may even be a deacon in your church or even a preacher, but there is something in you that becomes agitated and even enraged by the mere discussion of this whole matter of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I guarantee you right now, and I am speaking under the inspiration of the Spirit of God at this very moment, I guarantee you that is not merely you that is so enraged, but rather it is a religious spirit, and you need to fall down on your knees before God and beg of Him that He forgive you for your years of resistance to the Holy Spirit before you cross the line of out and out blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, from which there is no return and no hope of repentance like esau who sought for it with tears hebrews 12:17 jesus made it clear that it was blasphemy against the holy spirit that is the unforgivable or unpardonable sin which manifests in the form of religiosity that condemns and mocks the works and manifestations of the holy spirit and attributes it to Beelzebub, or Satan. Matthew twelve thirty-one. Please listen to this lonely cry out of the wilderness today. Repent now, while there is still time, and while there is still grace being extended to you by the God of all grace. Now what does this have to do with the matter of the Apostle Paul receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Well, when the Sanhedrin stripped off their outer robes in order to stone Stephen, there was a young intern who was acting as an aide or attendant, at whose feet they laid their garments. His name was Saul, who later became the Apostle Paul. Acts 7. 58. And it was the supremely selfless, spirit-inspired act of Stephen, as he was being martyred, that became the seed that years later germinated and bore the fruit of the apostle to the Gentiles. Romans eleven thirteen and 1 Timothy 2, 7. When with his dying breath he cried out with a loud voice and said quote, "lord do not hold this sin against them" End quote. acts 7:60 those sins which you forgive are forgiven those that you retain are retained jesus instructed all the disciples john 20:23 20, This death-bound absolution was what released Saul from his sin of participation in the murder of this true saint of God, and made it possible for him to later have the Damascus Road experience that not only saved his soul, but resulted in the salvation of countless other souls throughout the ages since friend, this Stephen. "'pronounces absolution from the throne of grace "'for your sin of resistance of the Holy Spirit "'in order that you might be released from your guiltiness, "'and that the scales that have been over your eyes "'that have been blinding you to the truth "'regarding the Holy Spirit "'can fall from your spiritual eyes "'as the scales fell from the eyes of a man named Saul, more than 2,000 years ago, so that you might now see the truth concerning the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Friends, I hope you understand how vital this teaching is you are hearing. The real truth regarding the baptism in the Holy Spirit. This issue is the most critical issue to the Christian life after salvation itself. It is for that reason that our adversary, the devil, has continued to do all he can to hinder and, if possible, preclude believers from receiving it. Since that fateful day when Jesus himself, the heavenly prototype of the sons of God, was baptized in the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit descended upon him in the form of a dove, as a visible sign of the coming of the Holy Spirit, and the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was first poured out upon the church, imbuing them with power from on high. In the 2,000 years plus that have transpired since, no other single issue has been more controversial, fiercely debated, and bitterly divisive in the annals of church history. And that should not be surprising at all, because the last thing on earth that Satan wants people to know is the real truth— regarding the inexhaustible and uncontainable supernatural power that is made available to every believer who receives of this same immersion in the Spirit. It is the same baptism that John, the original Baptist, declared he needed to receive from Jesus. It is the same baptism with which Jesus himself as the prototype of the sons of God and our ultimate model in all spiritual things himself received, which elicited the divine vocal response from heaven. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Friends of God, if you have even the slightest desire to be well-pleasing to God, there is no other way to achieve that place of standing with our Heavenly Father than following in the path laid by the Heavenly Model who came to earth as a man to show us the way to fellowship and favor with the Father, and likewise receive of this indescribable gift of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now, if you want that baptism in the Holy Spirit I've been talking about and would like to know more about it and how to receive it, I've written a book, and even recorded an audio book of the book that will help you with that. The book title is Dunamis, Power from on High. Dunamis, Power from on High. Now, I want you to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And if you have not done so yet, I want you to have this special book and/or audiobook I've prepared for you to help you understand it and to receive this powerful working of the Holy Spirit in your life. You can also order the book and audiobook online on our website at realtruthradio.com, where you can place your order by clicking on the PayPal Donate button to use any bank card, which does not require a PayPal account. Again, go to realtruthradio.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Real Truth. I'm Stephen Lambert. Please subscribe to the podcast, share with your friends, and visit realtruthradio.com to join our mailing list. Be sure to tune in to the next edition of The Real Truth. Until then, this is Stephen Lambert reminding you that with God all things are possible, and all things work together for good to them who love God and are called according to His purpose.